Thielman and Huey, We Tackle Life podcast. And I don't know if um, they're trying to pacify the parents or pacify the fans, but with the Big Ten coming out saying we're continually working on a winter or spring schedule, what is the purpose of that? What is the purpose? Because it's not the same. It's glorified scrimmages. Yeah. Nobody's going to care. You really think that? Nobody's going to care? Nobody's going to care? I oh, mean, some people nobody's a little strong, but I mean, there won't be. What do you think? The percentage of investment from the fans in a 50. spring season would be 50? Yeah. I, uh, particularly I if we have a champion already crowned, quote right. unquote. And uh, certainly there's going to be a champion. I think Urban Meyer said it over the weekend that there's going to be a national champion. It's just Ohio State doesn't have a a chance for it, or somebody talked about that. Oh, that's a bitter pill. Well, Man, it, it's a bitter, a bitter pill, pill because um, there's not a reason why, or we we haven't been given a reason why. Well, there there's is a, a reason, reason why, why but we don't know what a, the reason it's is. It's not a reason that everybody wants to go, oh, okay, that's good reason. The reason right. why, as we're getting clarity in a column last night in the Omaha World-Herald, is that the athletic directors were never involved in, or I should say more importantly, invited in, to meetings with Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, and the chancellors and presidents of the Big Ten. He was the athletic director's voice, but he wasn't saying to the presidents and chancellors what the ADs were saying, which is, we all want to play. So if he's the voice, but he's not relaying the message (laughs) that the athletic directors wanted to have. And I know, at least from Gene Smith's point of view, at least what I've read, that they were very confident in their medical personnel from the medical people at Ohio State. Yeah. The medical people were confident in how they were handling things and the protocols that set up. So I don't know what the motivation is. I mean, you can speculate on, you know, maybe there's a political agenda amongst the presidents and Kevin Warren. I don't know what went into this decision until we're actually given answers um then we'll never know and it's unfair to the parents and the parents aren't aren't giving up of the fight bruce i mean the parents are still meeting no. and ed mccaffrey i don't know if you remember ed he has two sure, sons in course. the big 10 wide one, receiver denver broncos and ed and his uh i believe his wife was an, also an athlete at they Stanford. say she's the best athlete yeah, in the family. So, that's what they always say but uh he has two sons in the big 10 uh, i know that he's going to uh, be part of a lawsuit filed by Nebraska parents. Mm-hmm. So he's siding with his son. I think his name is Luke McCaffrey. He's in Nebraska, and then obviously yeah. his son Christian is at uh, Michigan. He's a quarterback. So we'll see what happens, but uh, people aren't going to go away. I mean, there's got to be some accountability, and there's going to be uh, some answers, hopefully, because the opportunities that are lost, and I think the more information that comes out, I, uh, the, at the very least, if I were a parent, would be this at the very least, at the minimum. Tell me why I can't play. and Or at least tell me why we can't try and give it a go. Because you can't tell me that it's all about health when Ohio State's cardiologists come out and say, yeah, myocarditis is nothing new. Been around for decades, in fact, according to Dr. Kurt Daniels on in, the governor's yeah, call. In fact, but this is... And I would say, I would argue as a parent, I said, the fact that they're concerned about myocarditis is even a benefit. I just read an article this week on a young player that had an unrelated COVID heart issue discovered because of COVID or because of a test. Yeah. And so it makes zero sense to me 
that they didn't even try. And I think that's infuriating and frustrating and it's patronizing. And it's 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 so condescending to the people invested in playing. There's that's the best word to describe it. Wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't you say? I would say so. And uh, one of the things that I don't have a lot of confidence will happen that I think would give us complete clarity on what did happen is if Attorney Tom Mars and Tom Mars, if you've heard that name, go where have I heard that name? Mm-hmm. Tom Mars is the guy who has in the past been the crusader for immediate eligibility for players like Shea Patterson at Michigan and Justin Fields at Ohio State. So his specialty is getting guys eligible right away when they transfer. Now he has entered this fray with the Big Ten parents, Iowa, Nebraska. I don't think he's involved with the Ohio State parents, but he's submitted a freedom of information request. And what he wants to get is the minutes of the meetings the presidents were involved in with Kevin Warren. Right. What I would find most interesting out of those minutes, a couple of things. Number one, did Kevin Warren ever say, well, all your athletic directors are confident in their protocols and they want to play. That's the one thing. I want to know if Kevin Warren did what he was supposed to do, which was be the voice of the ADs. Number two, I'd like to know if any of the presidents said, why can't we hear from the ADs? Yeah. Were the presidents even curious? Were the presidents even, or if any of them said, you know, I've talked to my AD and blah, blah, blah. Right. Because what we know is, you know, those who don't remember the past are doomed to repeat it. Yeah. Those who've been around and been Big Ten fans for a long time, like our guy Joe Dumas, who wishes us good morning uh, on Facebook. Good morning, Joe. Good morning to Brian, who also sent a Facebook message, is that in 1993, when the Big Ten added Penn State, the presidents added Penn State and then handed it to the athletic directors and said, okay, Penn State's joining the league, make it work. And the ADs were all like, ah, how are we going to make this work financially with our volleyball team from Iowa going to State College and all that stuff? So, again, way back when, 26 years ago, they didn't involve the ADs in a major decision that impacted the ADs. And here again, new commissioner, same mistake, didn't involve the ADs. And the other thing I'd like to know is, did Kevin Warren ever bring up on the call what he brought up the other day about getting guys out to vote? This will give us a chance to get guys out to vote. Because if it comes to light that his motivations in this were political, then that's really going to look bad for Kevin Warren. Well, I'm going to sneak you, you, around you and turn our camera uh, on. So go ahead and you uh, can, give your you thoughts can, to that. You can Go ahead. You can give, get, get guys out to vote uh, even – uh, during the season, I think it's very possible, obviously, that uh, you can emphasize that. You can give them time off to make sure that they do have the opportunity to exercise their civil duty to vote. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but why that came up in a press conference, I have no idea. During a COVID press conference, it's beyond me to even understand what his motivation was. Well, I think it came up where he was doing one of his uh, kind of damage why? damage yeah. control interviews and saying, oh, we, can get guys, we can get guys out to vote. Well, well, you can get guys nothing, out to vote. Give them the day off. It doesn't have anything to do with the season anything. off. I think that's up to each individual to whether he wants to exercise his right to vote or not. And you can certainly have a, a meeting about it and say the importance of voting and all that. Certainly we're going to messaging across this country about voting as we should. Sure, and I, do, I believe it's everybody, every adult's duty. duty to vote. People died for your right to vote. And I get that. The other thing I'd be concerned with is um, that presidents did not involve 
be athletic directors for this reason. Why do you have an athletic director? Why don't you just be the athletic director? If you don't need an athletic director to handle the most crucial situation in Big Ten history, what's the point of having him? Why are you paying him? To just get just get somebody just get a minion that you pay maybe a quarter of his salary to make a schedule. It's not that difficult well, to make a schedule. And it would tell me the presidents are not in touch with a reality that Gordon Gee volunteered to me years ago. He said, look, more presidents are fired over athletics and hospitals than anything else. Presidents may not be comfortable with the elevated position and Elevated position uh, in, of athletics and inflamed passions that athletics inspire, but it nevertheless drives a large portion of their giving success on the on the sports Absolutely. fields. And it is enrollment good, and is good for university enrollment, good for university morale, good for your image nationally. It gives you the opportunity to call attention to all your other programs. So they may not like it, but it's the reality, and they are paid to deal with reality, not with the ideal world they may fantasize about. So I think that's really telling if none of them networked with their ADs or wanted to bring their ADs in or even asked how their ADs felt. Well, that's the thing, too. And You said you would ask a question. I would ask this question. What was the reason for not giving it as much time as you could have? Yeah, great question. Why... Are you so willing to cut your own throat? What's the motivation behind cutting your own throat? Because there's only one idea that I can think of. And you just can't say health because all the the medical experts at these universities, as you said, were very comfortable with their protocols. Mm -hmm. They were very comfortable with the myocarditis thing. Every doctor that I've read, even the doctors that are concerned about it, every doctor that I've read said, of course, this has been around for years. And even doctors have said, we can actually save lives if we pay more attention to this and actually check guys' hearts, which that's been the case with Cameron Smith, the linebacker from the Minnesota Mm -hmm. Vikings, and this player that I read about this weekend. And, yes, there are going to be – people that are hurt by this, that get COVID and are going to have after effects. Absolutely. We already know that. But do we stop everything that we're doing and not even give it a chance, at least for goodness sakes, see the, in my opinion, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 have already won. They've already won because they're giving it a run. They're giving it a go. Their players believe that their administration is giving them every chance. Yeah. Big Ten players and their don't fans believe, believe that. that. You can that. see the frustration. There's videos released over the weekend with Ohio State players quoted, notably Josh Myers, and they're very frustrated that they didn't get to make their own decision or have input I would in be livid. the decision. I'd be livid. Like, uh, I, I wouldn't even – I would leave. I would actually – now, I know people might say that's a little bit drastic, but I know what my passion was to play. Yeah. And I'm not the only guy that had that – incredible passion to get on the field i would leave if i were a coach in sec school or anywhere else i would sit there and, and say they don't have your best interest as a player in mind they don't they absolutely don't well i'm they that. have a different agenda than we have here in and at auburn or, i believe that case is being made and will be made and pounded into submission on the recruiting trail. I don't think that's going to hurt Ohio State that much because Ohio State still is getting some pretty yeah. good commitments, at, what, what, at least of what I've read. Looks like it, yeah. But, I mean, if you're Julian Fleming, uh, G. Scott, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, uh, C.J. Stroud, yeah. any of these guys who enrolled early, 
you have to be going, man, if I'd going somewhere else, I'd be playing. I'd be playing. I'd be playing. I came here. I gave up my final few months in high school to come here and get ready to play, and they pull spring practice, and now they're pulling the season, and, and they, I'm not going to play football for and they cancel, a year and a half. Yeah, and they and yeah. so your growth as a player is going to be stunted. And the and they and they canceled without giving you a reason. Now Ohio State has a brand and, and certainly has the reputation, uh, not only the reputation but the results that that you know pulls out NFL players that develops and grows NFL players. That's the reputation of Ohio State. I promise you, and people get a little upset or sensitive when I say this. Every kid that comes here to play football. Is coming here thinking they're an NFL player. No doubt Every about single one of them. No now, doubt. reality will set in yeah. to a lot of them after two or three years in the program. Well, maybe I'm not going to make the NFL, and, right. but I got this great degree from the Ohio State University to fall back onto. But initially, the thought is well, wait a second. What happens? Like, if I'm a recruit or if I'm a parent and, and somebody's coming in, a coach is coming into my house to recruit uh, my kid at Ohio State or Michigan or wherever, any Big Ten school, I'm going to say to you, well, what happens when a, when another crisis hits? Are you going to just fold up and not even try again? Because I know, I know, even if they don't play, I know the Big 12, I know the ACC, I know the, the American Conference, I know Conference USA, I know these schools are going to at least give these kids the best opportunity to salvage something out of nothing where you make a unilateral decision without information without communication to your product the players are the product and <laughs> the players are the product and just cancel everything on them without reason or at least a given reason you exclude the athletic directors and the athletic directors and I you know this is Gene Smith's caught in a little bit of a uh, no-win situations, as is every athletic director in the Big Ten, because they don't want to be throwing people under the bus, but they were thrown under the bus. They, they did they not were. get an opportunity to present the case of why they're playing. Then why do you have athletic directors that get paid well over a million dollars if you're not going to let them direct? Crazy decision. Just I... have Kevin Warren direct all Big Ten athletics. Yeah. I mean, That's what you're doing. He kind of did in this case. Uh, remember, our friends at auiinfo.com, see the banner on my laptop. I had a chance to uh, head to Akron on Saturday with my family. We had our lovely cookout with uh, Steve and Chrissy, got to know them a little bit better. And uh, I got a little bit more context on why AUI is so passionate about providing great health care insurance for small businesses in Ohio. Uh, it's right from the heart uh, with Chrissy, for sure. Uh I did not know that Steve had a debilitating injury at one time at work, and really he had to relearn how to do everything, uh, walk, see, mm. talk. Chrissy nursed him back to health, was there for him every step of the way, the kind of loyalty and devotion that you want in a wife, and just amazing story and very tender to hear the details of it and to you know, see up close how close they are and uh, what their heart uh, is. Uh, they have the same heart for small businesses in the state of Ohio, Licensed to service any small business in the state of Ohio. Help them help you. We're heading into uh, open enrollment time where not just individuals but companies can change health insurance. It's a great time to get a hold of AUI and find out what other health insurance companies offer. It spares you all the time on hold and all the clicking around and the waiting and the comparing and all that. They have done all that for you. They also have Julie, their HR expert, so they can offer you HR 
expertise. And boy, if you have to have a full-time HR person on staff, that is an absolute big-time drain on your budget. You don't have to. It comes uh, along with the expertise at AUI in many areas. So avail yourself of the free consultation with AUIinfo.com. Mention the Spielman and Hooley podcast when you click at AUIinfo.com. Meet Chrissy, meet Steve, meet Julie, meet all their fine folks, 17 people in their business. So they understand small business. They are one themselves, AUIinfo.com. Rick on Twitter, uh, Rick on Facebook says, I've read that athletics does not have a significant effect on giving. Uh, Mm. I've read opposite. I remember when they won the national championship in 2014, the giving went through the roof. Uh, I would think that there's no way that uh, winning can be bad for giving. Well, nobody's going to say, "Well, that doggone football team just wins pr- twelve games again. I'm not giving any money this year." No, I, there's. <laughs> I, I'm going to respectfully disagree. There's actually proof if you look at App State when Appalachian State upset Michigan, the amount of interest in enrollment and giving uh, has skyrocketed at that state mm. at that university. And continues to grow to this day because of that. So I, I do think uh, giving and donations are going to be hurt, along with the other issues of, of COVID and people, whatever uh, the financial ramifications COVID got brought to people, even people that have a lot of money. Uh, I know that giving and donations are down. Uh, uh, they're down for the Breast Cancer Research Fund. They're down everywhere. I know they the got earth. calls um when the rumors started to fly that they were going to cancel the season from donors saying, yeah. if you cancel, I'm not giving any money. Yeah. And they won't. And, but they, it, 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 it's almost like the, and I don't know if this is true or not. It's almost like the presidents slash Kevin Warren, because apparently they were the only ones in a meeting since coaches and athletic mm-hmm. directors and player representatives and representatives of players slash parents were excluded. It's almost like they don't care what you're saying. They don't care. They have no. Well, if you're left out, why would care. you? Why would you think they care? Yeah, exactly. I mean, no, you're. You can't come to the big room where the adults are having an adult conversation. Yeah. Go yeah. in the basement and play with the other kids. Then we will tell you what to do. And so, when you eliminate all observations, all opinions. All studies, all feelings, Mm -hmm. and most importantly, the freedom of choice to play. Whether that choice, because there was the freedom of choice, and the choice is you can opt out. You can keep your scholarship. You can continue on with your education. We're paying for you to go to school. You don't have to worry about football anymore. You don't have to worry about getting COVID at the football facility, even though you'll be safer there than any place else. Yeah, that case has been made by many people, including Ohio State's Josh Myers. So here's where we're getting our detail on how this Big Ten decision finally did come down. Uh, Nebraska, the newest Big Ten member, has the loosest lips, specifically athletic director Bill Moose, uh, who told Sam McCowan of the Omaha World Herald that – he and several of his fellow ADs, including Sandy Barber at Penn State, Gene Smith at Ohio State, Ward Manuel at Michigan, pushed the hardest for football in the fall. You would have thought so, right? The four schools that people think of most prominently, sure. those are the schools that really want to play. Here's the quote from Bill Moose. Warren knew where we were coming from, and he was the messenger to the presidents and chancellors. Moose said there was, quote, unanimous agreement among all conference athletic directors for keeping a season in the fall. 
Moose added that a Zoom meeting between all the parties did not happen. In addition, Gene Smith and Wisconsin's Barry Alvarez, you'd think, coach, AD at Wisconsin, were not involved with, quote, key discussions that shaped the league's decisions. Instead, Warren was in a meeting with Big Ten presidents and chancellors on behalf of the ADs. Moose said, I knew where we all stood, but I would have liked to have been in the room when they expressed it to the commissioner, presidents, and chancellors. Then you can argue, you can always argue your own case more passionately than someone else can argue it for you. Yeah. Well, the uh, the other thing that because they're not even trying what this has cost, first of all, it cost, and it, this is just a, just, we're beginning just to hear this, the elimination of sports and opportunities and educational opportunities for these students, athletes. Iowa eliminated sports yeah, last did. week. Nebraska's okay. Nebraska cut 51 furloughed jobs. Yeah, from this, they were start to work in the fall in September all the way through December 31st, they're furloughed. Our friend Tony Castricone, play-by-play voice of the Washington Huskies, has had been furloughed for a long time uh, in the summertime, and then, long, like all other employees out there, took a pay cut. Yeah. Uh, I was assume that's going to happen at Ohio State. I don't know how it doesn't. No, it has to. I don't know how they're going to keep afloat 36 sports, and which is the beautiful thing about Ohio State. And, you know, everybody's talking about the lost opportunity for football players because that's the headline. What they're not talking about is the lost opportunity for all other fall sports. It's And, you know, I, I even had this conversation with my daughter, Macy. I said, hey, don't be surprised if, if basketball is canceled this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think it will be, but I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out, and it's going to be because of Title Nine. You know, the just the reality of the situation because of Title Nine, the sports that are going to get ca- canceled are mainly going to fall on the the male side because you have to keep an equal number of scholarships for females that you do with males. Which is, you know, I obviously being, I'm a proponent of Title Nine, but there's going to be casualties, and and it just for what? For what ifs? For possibilities? For maybes? And when every person that is directly involved, every person that it can directly affect, mm. has no voice at the table. That's a tough. Their one, opportunity man. to to choose to play or not to play, or to at least give it the very best chance or shot that you can. And plus, now we know. And what we learned over the weekend is that the NFL had 77 false positives, all out of a mistake made from a New Jersey lab, whatever that lab is responsible. I know one thing, if I'm an NFL team, they're immediately fired and gone. Imagine that. There's 77 positive tests in the NFL so far, and they're all false positives. So that makes us all wonder. At least it makes me wonder how yeah, of many of the, how many of the positives for the average ordinary person who can't make tackles, catch touchdown passes, run for six points, and therefore gets a second test, a corroborative test. Let's make sure. But we just take it as gospel. Okay, well, they tested positive. Uh-huh. How many of those were uh, positive, uh, false yeah. positives? Does that give you a, 
a lot of confidence in the testing? No. It does not me. No. Our governor tested positive. Yes. With the for uh, for the president to visit with the president of the United States, our governor tested positive and didn't get to accompany the president of the United States here. Then they test the governor twice more and he tests negative. So if all these people who are deemed, you know, and I get it, I'm not complaining about deemed more important than the average ordinary person get tests that prove their original tests are not positive. It just makes you question. I think certainly I think it's plausible to say how many of the other positives were negative. If you, if you think critically at all, you have to ask the question. I mean, that's. I think that's the thing. I think we're all becoming so afraid of asking a question. It's nothing against anybody, but you have to question the legitimacy of the test. Do you not? I think so. Yeah. I do. I do. Uh, this is a nice Twitter message that we got from uh, Fuzzy Fuzzy O Four. Uh, said she just listened to Wednesday's episode. Her grandmother passed away on Tuesday. Funeral Monday, which is today. Faith segment really hit home. We do the faith segment at the end of the podcast for those of you who are watching uh, right now, our live stream on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, YouTube. We'll do the faith portion at the end. So uh, you're welcome to stick around for that. Or uh, if you uh, don't want to hear it, we make it easy for you to click out. But we hope you do stick around and hear it. That's our main motivation for doing the podcast. But we also obviously love football and wish we were watching Big Ten football this year. Uh, We also love our friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. They'll give you 15% off. Any order, chocolate, coffee, tea, any of their great gift packs, corporate gifts, uh, Mr. Spielman, and now Mrs. Spielman, loving the Hemisphere coffee, and Little yeah. Spielman's, Macy Spielman at Bowling Green. So what does that tell you? It tells you their coffee is phenomenal. It tells you that you can avail yourself of the discount, 15% off to Spielman and Hooley listeners, and get it for less than your friends can, although maybe you'll share with them the uh, discount code to give the podcast a little bump. We'd appreciate that. Their coffee is sourced from foreign countries, Ecuador, Indonesia, Thailand, Ethiopia. It's delicious K-cups, dark roast, light roast, medium roast, you name it. They've got it. You can get the beans. They can roast it for you, uh, or you can get it in any form you want. So, so go to HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com and use the promo code we tackle life. I just got this on my Twitter. Okay. Somebody, so people are watching on Twitter now? Yeah. Can I do that? Yeah. Um, this is from at FalterFlow4. This is a, a really good observation, and I want to thank him for sending this in. The McCaffrey lawsuit is coming at noon today, Bruce. Mm. He said this could be a game changer. I would imagine that the Nebraska judicial system is itching to slap a restraining order on the Big Ten and oh get the season back open. Oh, boy. If Kevin Warren lies and corruption, will finally have to answer to someone. Well, could, I mean, you mentioned I, the other day, and I thought it was a great point. With lawsuits come discovery, come depositions, come a compulsion to talk about things you wouldn't otherwise talk about, and a penalty of perjury if you don't tell the truth. Yeah, and so it's uh, and perjury is no joke. No, it's no joke. It is no joke. So maybe something will become, and once that lawsuit hits at noon, and if there's a restraining order, then do practices restart? Boy, what a mess. What a mess if we are going back and getting injunctions and this, that, and the other. Here's the thing. Let's say they get an injunction to play. Is the Big Ten going to fight that? Probably. (laughs) Why wouldn't they? Well, I mean, if they genuinely believe it's not safe to play. I mean, the Big Ten, the presidents as a whole, and Kevin Warren, I think it's safe to say has been defiant every step of the way. 
Yeah. They have not been transparent. They, according to Bill Moose, the athletic director at Nebraska, they've excluded them from any part of the decision-making, even though they have athletic directors that get paid a lot of money for a reason. All of a sudden, something big comes around, something that directly affects athletics, something that's that supports so many things throughout the university. And not only, here's where people don't understand the importance of athletics, especially football. Do you know how much money is saved in advertising by having Nebraska play a primetime game on ESPN? What kind of exposure would that cost a university? Oh, my. See, nobody thinks no. about that. No, they're getting the word right? out. And they it's just more think than about just, money that they get. Yeah, they're not thinking the about PSAs. the money that can go out. Right? Sure, of course. It's more than just the PSAs that they get at halftime. I mean, it's just the whole, you get three and a half hours to make your pitch for how beautiful your campus is. Yeah, but you're advertising. You're advertising the your campus, what the atmosphere is like, kids your watching brand. it. Yeah. You're selling your brand. That's free advertising that costs millions and millions of dollars. Nobody ever talks about... Uh, not the money that they make, but that's the money that they save in their advertising budget. And, and so I still, you know, until I hear it, I mean, I have my suspicions. I just want to know what was the hurry to cut your throat? What is the hurry? What are you trying to do? What is the hurry? And, you know, the, obviously there's an argument out there that it's political. I, maybe I'm naive or maybe I'm a, a, a romantic I, I just can't believe that it's all about politics. I, I just can't believe that in my heart because then we're, what are we doing? I don't think it's all about politics, but I think it's possible that it can be partially about politics. All right. I think it can be, you know, an on-the-fence type thing and go, well, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing for us if we did this. It might land on, you know, whatever. So we don't know. We get the meetings of the, uh, the minutes of the meetings. We might find out. We might find out in discovery. We might find out in court, mm -hmm. uh, but I I don't think that I can say with any confidence that any of this legal wrangling or the protest that's coming up Saturday morning, 11 o'clock, Rotunda, Ohio Stadium, led by Randy Wade and the football parents of uh, Ohio State players, that that's going to result in the Big Ten reversing course and having a football season this year. Yeah. Do you think there's... No, I think the best chance of it is just uh, we have to keep an eye out for today at noon. At, in Nebraska, when the lawsuit is filed, then if there is um, a stay involved, and then maybe they ramp it back up. I don't know. I think if if that's the case, then it gives Kevin Warren an out if he wanted to restart the season or at least try to restart the season. Mm -hmm. I mean, so that might be I – mean, that's a different way of looking at it. I think there are a lot of Big Ten schools that don't want to play. I think the ones who've been most vocal clearly do, but I don't think Rutgers wants to play. I don't think Michigan State wants to play well, or Maryland wants to play. They've all been supportive, and even Barry Alvarez's comments have been supportive. Right move at the right time, he said. Well, I, I think, but we don't know because he wasn't involved in the meetings. I think athletic directors, as I mentioned earlier in the show, they're not going to sit there and rip their conference commissioner. They're not going to sit there and rip their presidents. Well, if you know Gene Smith... You know that Gene Smith's comments are as bold as Gene Smith ever is, sure. voicing disagreement with someone who has perceived authority over him. Gene is a guy who understands channels, 
uh, chain of command, and all those things. He's respectful of that. And I think some Ohio State fans are frustrated that Ohio State won't throw its weight around as, hey, we have a national championship team, and we want to play, and we're going to play. That Ryan Day kind of did that the first day. Scott Frost did that the first day. Uh, if you watch the tweets of Mark T- Pantone, the uh, Mark director of football ops at Ohio State, uh, he's uh, he's not he's not on board with the season being paused. Let's put it that way. He well, doesn't. It's not hard to read between the lines of his tweets. And obviously, I think the coaches want to play in this winter or spring. Maybe that's just to keep guys around. I don't know. If I think Ryan be- Day is is doing everything he can. You know, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's for Ryan Day's benefit either. No. Uh, it, it, I think his desire is genuine that he wants Justin Fields, Wyatt Davis, Chris Olave to have another chance to put the uniform on sure. and play. He wants that for them. He burns with a passion for that. Now, would it also be good for him and help hold his talent together? Yeah, it would. I don't know that that's his primary motivation, and I don't even care if it's his primary motivation. Well, it doesn't motivation. have to be the primary motivation. And but I think the other thing is, if if I were Ryan Day, and I were going to be honest with with uh, Sean Wade or Wyatt Day or any Josh Myers, any of these guys that have some legitimate shots at the NFL, I'd pull them in my office and say, "Look, I got to be honest with you. I don't want you to play. I don't. I don't want you know. I don't want to risk your opportunity at the NFL." And I don't want to risk you guys having to play all the way through and say till March for nothing. We're not. We're not. We're not even playing for anything. What are we playing for? We're yeah. not playing at a shot at the national championship. So what's the point in playing for you guys for Ohio State? Now each team has different circumstances. I'm also saying it's crucial, in my opinion, that the FCS schools play in the spring Mm -hmm. it gives them a chance to get spotlighted it gives those kids an opportunity those kids don't have the the same opportunity or realistic hope to get in the nfl that the Ohio state guys do now of course you have your outliers like outliers like you do in everything in life but i think it's a great opportunity like if i were the mac i would do everything i possibly could do to play in the spring everything i could do because you could you would get a TV network you would. to cover that. I just don't know how they play because they don't have the money from the no, non-league games the, in the fall. I mean, they, the, Mac, the Mac runs on a pretty tight budget, and so if you don't have those average million yeah. dollars per school, how do you play in this? Because the Power Five pulled one over on yeah, them. They and pulled the plug. They, yeah, they they control them by controlling the money. The Mac lost for those of you that don't know, eleven million dollars mm. uh, total. Uh, roughly around, I think it was over nine hundred, but it, it nine hundred to a million dollars per school for yep. their athletic budget. That's killer for the MAC. Oh. It just, it, it's just unbelievable that they did that. And without, it's unbelievable anybody did this without at least giving it a shot. And you can say, well, what about all the breakouts on campus, COVID break? That that's fine. Then even if you go online only which is a whole different conversation. But even if schools went online only or say just online only for the first four to six weeks or whatever it may be, at least you're giving it a chance. And if you went online only, your athletic programs are even more protected 
by going online only. Yeah, they are. Even more protected. Yeah, they are. So, I, I, you know, what are we doing? I, I just don't understand. Well, we're playing high school football this Friday. I know that. We're playing high yeah. school soccer tomorrow night. David notes that in his Facebook comment. He says, Dublin practice fields have kids practicing. I salute these kids and their parents for having the courage and choosing to play living life. Yeah, that's where we are. It's where we have been for a long, long time. Does the Big Ten get back to that? We don't know. Uh, it's in the courts or is headed there. At noon, yeah. yeah. If you're headed there and you need an attorney to represent you, you can't do any better than the great people at Willis Spangler Starling. They're located on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard. Impeccable integrity, unmatched experience, and phenomenally wide-ranging expertise, whether it's workers' compensation, personal injury, wills, estate planning, all the different things that you can encounter from a legal perspective in life, just knowing your rights. Uh, I have a friend who's doing a book project. He needed uh, a kind of a contract with his co-author. They, I hooked him up with Willis Spangler Starling. Bam, all taken care of. So that's the kind of expertise you get when you go to willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com, the attorney firm that we recommend here on the Spielman & Hooley podcast. Willis Spangler Starling, online, willisattorneys.com. All right, we'll do a little Bengals and a little Browns here. Uh, injuries are always a part of training camp, unfortunately so. We have with the Bengals, somebody they were counting on to help them revamp their secondary from the Minnesota Vikings, a guy you know well because you've done a bunch of Vikings games, former Michigan Stater Trey Waynes out for the season. Pecs more so, right? It's a big play out that Torn peck, which I know you scoff at since you played. I don't peck. scoff at that. Scoff! I have a partially torn pec that, yeah, I played with. And uh, it was nice mental toughness test for 15 weeks, and mm. finally until week 16. Uh, the bubble of blood and other fluids it's that, breakfast time, that f- formed under my armpit that I had to get drained. And then they told you you couldn't play? You were not happy? Or did you play? I played. I, I forget what I it was. What, what, it when was the time? When was the time they told you you couldn't play, and you were like really, really mad about it? Ah, uh, that was a uh, shoulder. I lost my AC joint, crushed my AC joint, and I had to sit out four weeks. Yeah, that's why you're born with two, so you yeah, can so you exactly. can have, a, 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 have one and a spare. I don't have one in my right shoulder now. There's a giant hump that sits right here. Quasimodo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, it depends on if, if Trey needs surgery. Then obviously you can't play. I had a little bit attached but i kept partially tearing it every week it was uh i gotta tell you man it was one of the better mental toughness tests in my I life i would imagine right that it was i would imagine that it was so. and with the cleveland browns they are not immune either uh mac wilson linebacker from alabama who went a lot lower in the draft uh, a couple of years ago than people thought he would uh, and a guy that they were counting on because mm-hmm. they got rid of joe Schobert. Uh, he went down with an injury that originally was reported as season-ending. Now they're saying may not be season-ending. But nevertheless, uh, the Browns are not experienced at linebacker. Right. So you tell me, when you have in, how, how nervous would you be if you had inexperience at, let's say, of the, at that level, the linebacker level, as opposed to inexperience, at the, uh, inexperience and unproven, pass rush level, secondary level? Well, I... Look, I, I thought Mac Wilson was going to be a pretty good player. Uh, He's I, hit some people I, in yeah. practice, not I, always to the uh, like of liking of the coaches. Well, I just think that uh, it's it's too bad for Mac Wilson because I do think he could have grown into a very productive player. And you know, injuries are part of the game. Hopefully, he'll get back. But his loss provides opportunity for somebody else. That's the mindset of the NFL, and that's what the mindset you need to have as an NFL player. 
the biggest concern I with because your linebackers are usually your main communicators, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get things set and uh, you have to know everything that's going on behind you and you have to know everything that's going on in front of you as opposed to the defensive line where you don't need to know anything that's going on behind you. <laughs> you know Correct. what I mean? You just, you know, you, you got two jobs. Stop the run and get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's it. Secondary, you play pass first, especially in this league today, then, you know, run support when needed. But as a linebacker, you need to know both because you're intricately involved in both parts of the game. And so uh, that would be a concern of mine, but I don't know what they have. I will see week, I think week three, I'm going to be doing a Cleveland Browns game. Nice. uh, Which is exciting, and I thank Fox for that. They try to give, well used to be they try to give tom and i mm-hmm. one or two games in ohio a year mm-hmm. any uh, word on a f- permanent no, uh, successor for tom on your yet. broadcast no I, I i don't have any uh words yet i mean I, i've heard some names that i'm not at liberty to mm-hmm. say but uh, the names that i've heard i've worked with all these guys in the past so I, there's i do have relationships with everybody that i've heard could be a potential replacement for tom uh, what about uh, a gentleman by the name of Malcolm Smith, 31-year-old, entering his ninth NFL season, Seahawks, right. Raiders, Cowboys, Jags. He's who the Browns have picked up in the event that the hyperextended knee yeah. of Mac Wilson keeps him out. You know, he's going to be out at least half the season. Do you ever hyperextend your knee? Uh, yeah, actually, my senior year at Ohio State. Ooh. But that sounds, obviously that not as severe. I've done that, not yeah. as severe as Mac Wilson, but it's no. really painful when you do that. Didn't miss it down, but. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> There are tough people, and then there's no, you. No, no, no. There are sane people, and then there's no, you. No, yes, that that would be more accurate. How about correct. Malcolm Smith, journeyman? Yeah, I mean, he's been in four teams. He's a well. He's a you know. Look, when we say journeyman, uh, I don't want to sound disrespectful. People, people I, I made a comment years ago. Brian Hoyer is a journeyman, and people are like, "Oh, you're ripping him." I'm like, "He's a journeyman. Means you're good enough player. to play, but you're not a starter. I mean, it's not a bad thing." Malcolm Smith has played in this league a long time, and what he is is an insurance policy. He's a plug and play guy that you know mentally. Once he gets it, he knows what he's going to do. Is he going to flash and be an All Pro linebacker? No. Mm-hmm. But is he a guy that you can plug and play and hopefully not have a drop-off? That's what you're hoping for with Malcolm Smith, and that's why Malcolm Smith has been on four different teams and has played nine years in the National Football League because he understands how to play, and he's just good enough to make the team for that Uh, specific purpose. The uh, Arizona Cardinals are the landing spot for former Bengal Dre Kirkpatrick, who Trey Wayans was hoping to... uh, replace uh he reunites with vance joseph in arizona uh ninth year uh, obviously the Bengals did not get the kind of performance out of drake kirkpatrick right. that they hoped to get when they took him in the first round ninth year corner drake kirkpatrick what should my arizona cardinals expect well from i'm him? going to see your arizona cardinals mm-hmm. week one as i'll be traveling across country on a Four and a half hour plane ride, yes. mask and tow. Yes. Uh, to I'm see. anxious to see DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. Yeah, so am I. That'll be um, interesting. Uh, they should have. I think the Cardinals have upgraded. One of the issues that they had was they upgraded their uh, offensive line. But I'm seeing the Cardinals and 49ers, which I'm excited about seeing the 49ers who have had injury issues all throughout training camp at wide receiver. 
The Arizona Cardinals, Bruce, you know this, have lost already their starting corner for the year for the second year in a row. I forget his name right I now. I don't know that either. Yeah, and well, that's why I'm here. That's cool. To, to inform you of uh, the yeah, injuries. Your, your show prep is always I've talked to Dave Pash about your Arizona Cardinals. Oh, and play-by-play and play voice of the, uh, of the Cardinals. Cardinals and ESPN, but Dave is... Uh, anticipating uh, a good season. I'll tell you that the great pickup, they have two really good running backs. And a lot of you that don't follow Arizona Cardinals as closely as I do, and Bruce Hooley does, mm -hmm. might think that David Johnson is still there. David Johnson is not a member no, of the Arizona not. Cardinals, but they picked up Kenyon Drake last year, I believe. He did name. very well for and them. And uh, he did great last year for them. He's their number one guy, but there's a guy that they have that really started coming on. He started coming on last year against, ironically enough, your Cincinnati Bengals, named Chase Edmonds, who's a really good player. So uh, I'm excited to see the Cardinals. Uh, I think they are much going to be much improved defensively. I think they've upgraded. They they drafted Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson, mm. who's all you know was he do everything linebacker? They picked up another linebacker named uh, Devondre Campbell who was at Atlanta. So they had some issues at linebacker last year. Uh, Jordan Hicks was a free agent pickup that they had last year. So I'm excited to see them. I think they're going to be a lot better than people think, and you're going to play the air, the San Francisco 49ers. Going to find out. And the whole thing is this year, and I was actually talking to Rick about this, I, I, I think the team that handles the situation of COVID, not just COVID itself, mm -hmm. but the situation, like no fans, quiet. Uh, the home field advantage is not, in my opinion, is not going to be what it has been because of the lack of fans. So what does that make it easier to do? It makes it easier for the away team, whether it's on, on especially on the um, offensive side of the ball, much easier to communicate. It gives offensive linemen a better chance at hearing a snap count, and they're not late. And people think, well, teams adjusted to that. I can't tell you um, by lockering next to offensive linemen my whole entire career, the biggest concern that they had playing a road game was noise, hmm. especially offensive tackles, because what? They didn't want to get beat off the ball. If they got beat off the ball, it was over and done. And there was always a concern about noise. Well, you know, we'll see how teams adjust. And we'll like the LA Chargers, like I can't believe I got that right. The LA Chargers nice. are should adjust fine to uh the COVID situation mm -hmm. about playing road games and stuff because they really didn't have a crowd when they were down playing in that soccer stadium. No, they didn't even though yeah. it was like a twenty thousand seat but, stadium. It was a twenty thousand seat stadium, but usually it was the fan base of the other team that was coming in. So, I mean, I know when the Vikings were there, it was like a Vikings training camp practice in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, there's the tweet that Chris just read. We put it on the screen for those of you who are watching uh, live. We appreciate you watching live on our uh, stream, on uh, Twitter, on YouTube, and on various Facebook pages. We've come to the point of the podcast where we delve into the uh, faith aspect of our lives hopefully strengthening that aspect of your life or giving you a window into uh, why we think the way we think and how we process information and all that. So, uh, Mr. Spielman, would you like to start us off today? Um, actually, I was going to have you start us okay, off. Okay, I can start you off. Uh, I had the chance yesterday 
to uh, take a close look at First uh, Peter four uh, verses twelve through nineteen. Okay. And the book of First Peter I find interesting because I don't know that I'm as much a history buff as you, mm-hmm. but I am fascinated by the fact that Peter wrote two books of the Bible, and Peter is a guy who walked every step of the way except the final steps to the cross with Jesus during his three-year ministry. And I just can't imagine, you know, uh, as a reporter, the people that I like to talk to are the people who actually, like, experience things and witness things at close range. I would say Peter is an unimpeachable source on Jesus. And I find Peter's um, life development, like his the, who he was and who he became, fascinating. You know, you and I have talked before, and we, in the book, uh, that's why I'm here, the Chris and Stephanie Spielman story, covered the changes in you over years and years and years where trials, tribulations, challenges uh, shape all of us. Now, Peter started as the guy who, um, very impetuous, uh, at times all in and really seemed to get what Jesus was about and then at other times was so off track that Jesus would say, well, get behind me. You're giving me like Satan's view here. Uh when Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter was ready to go to battle, whipped out the sword, cut off the high priest's servant's ear. Yeah. Uh, Jesus restored the ear, and then that came in close proximity to uh, a time at the Last Supper where, Je- where Jesus told Peter, you're going to deny you even know me three times tonight. Sure enough, he did. Then they were restored. and then, Can you imagine the guilt he had? Oh, my goodness, I can't. I can't. And then Peter ends up being the voice of the early church and getting arrested and not listening to the authorities telling him to be quiet and all that. So anyway, I put great weight on what Peter has to say. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon this rock, I will build my church. That's what Jesus said about Peter. And in first Peter, uh, as we've studied it in our Sunday school class at Northwest chapel, we've studied it by chunks of verses, you know, three, four, five at a time. And what I notice is that in every chapter of first Peter one, two, three, four, and five, he pounds the theme of you're going to have to suffer. You're going to have to suffer. There's going to be persecution. You're going to suffer for Jesus' sake. And at times when I read the Gospels, I'm struck by how many times Jesus told the disciples, hey, you know what? I'm eventually, they're going to come, they're going to crucify me, I'm going to die, I'm going to rise again in three days. And that always seemed to go like, woo, right over their head, right? They never seemed to get it. Like, you would think if a guy you really loved and followed would say, hey, by the way, I'm not going to establish an earthly kingdom. I'm going to die. They would be like, oh, that stinks. Like, but no, that like went right over their head. I would pay attention to that. I've always read that and thought, why didn't they hear that? I don't want to be that guy when it comes to the suffering part. Because when you read Paul, Thessalonians, Timothy, when you read James, Jesus' brother, when you read Jesus' words in the Gospels, they all talk about suffering, 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 suffering. And so I'm like, hey, Bruce, don't be like the disciples and let that part of your faith, that part of your obedient walk with Christ, thanking him for what he did for you at the cross, don't let that go over your head. And Peter even writes, hey, don't be surprised when this happens to you. This is commendable. This is expected. This is your duty. So I just 
think that's interesting that I tend to focus on what other people don't get. But there's something very important in virtually every book in the New Testament that I have to make sure that I get. Sure. That's a great observation on your part because I've actually asked that question myself. It's like they almost, they. it's almost like, um, I, I, I'm not trying to be derogatory. Yeah. It's almost like, Kevin Warren, you're only hearing what you want. Yeah, you only hear what you want to hear. You only hear what you want to hear. Yeah. That's it. You don't want to hear anything else. You choose not to hear anything else. Well, remember, and, Jesus said all the time, he who has ears, let him hear. Yeah. If you got ears, pay attention. So that's it just amazing to me um, uh, that those guys are sitting there witnessing this in their life. And, hey, I'm dying in three days. I'm going to rise. No, yeah. you're not. Yeah, well, yeah, I am. So uh, the other thing is, you know, we all have a choice to choose God, right? We already know that. Mm-hmm. You can choose. Mm-hmm. But when you choose, know this, that God has already chosen you. Because in John fifteen sixteen, it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. He's, he already chose you. Now, you can choose to follow what he's telling you. Or understand reject. what he is, yes. So uh, I just thought that was in, in, uh, very interesting to me. So the next time you count all your blessings, remember to also count the fact that God chose you to be a child of his. Just think of how important you are to God and what be, what a blessing is to be selected as a child of his because a child of his is a family member, and it's it's significant. But, you know, He's already chosen us. He's chosen mm-hmm. us because, you know, he didn't come for some to be saved. He came for all to be saved. Right. And it's your choice on whether you want that or not. But just take a lot of peace in knowing that, you know, you don't have to court God. He's already chosen you. No, you don't have to perform. So right. he goes, ah, okay, I'll yeah. accept yeah. you. No, no. I, that's what I love, the late Adrian Rogers. Very simple statement that is very instructive, and that is, God does not change you so that he can love you. He loves you so he can change you. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so that is our podcast for today. We appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, we'd appreciate you leaving us a review on iTunes, patronizing our sponsors. Let them know that you heard about them on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Follow us on Twitter at We Tackle. Make sure you get your nominations in to Spielman Hooley podcast at gmail.com for our $250 COVID-19 relief. We give four winners each Friday, $250 a piece, $1,000 on our way to giving away $40,000 in COVID-19 relief. Chris's sponsors at Volunteer Energy, uh, some of your income from your broadcasting duties, Spielman CBD through cbdhealthcollections.com or spielmancbd.com. Sale of Big Ten Championship rings, all those things. So we want to help people who are in need. You know someone who is in need, nominate them. Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for watching us on the live stream. Tell your friends about the podcast, and we will see you again soon here on the We Tackle Life podcast. And I would say, I would argue as a parent, I said, the fact that they're concerned about myocarditis is even a benefit. I just read an article this week on a young player that had an unrelated COVID heart issue discovered because of COVID or because of because a test. Of the testing, yeah. sure. And so it makes zero sense to me 
that they didn't even try. And I think that's infuriating and frustrating and it's patronizing. And it, it's, it's so condescending to the people invested in playing. There's, that's the best word to describe it, wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't you say? I would say so. And uh, one of the things that I don't have a lot of confidence will happen that I think would give us complete clarity on what did happen is if attorney Tom Mars, and Tom Mars, if you've heard that name, go, where have I heard that name? Mm -hmm. Tom Mars is the guy who has in the past been the crusader for immediate eligibility for players like Shea Patterson at Michigan and Justin Fields at Ohio State. So his specialty is getting guys eligible right away when they transfer. Now he has entered this fray with the Big Ten parents, Iowa, Nebraska, I don't think he's involved with the Ohio State parents, but he's submitted a freedom of information request. And what he wants to get is the minutes of the meetings the presidents were involved in with Kevin Warren. Right. What I would find most interesting out of those minutes, a couple of things. Number one, did Kevin Warren ever say, well, all your athletic directors are confident in their protocols and they want to play? That's the one thing. I want to know if Kevin Warren did what he was supposed to do, which was be the voice of the ADs. Number two, I'd like to know if any of the presidents said, why can't we hear from the ADs? Yeah. Were the presidents even curious? Were the presidents even, or if any of them said, you know, I've talked to my AD and blah, blah, blah. Right. Because what we know is, you know, those who don't remember the past are doomed to repeat it. Yeah. Those who've been around and been Big Ten fans for a long time, like our guy Joe Dumas, who wishes us good morning uh, on Facebook. Good morning, Joe. Good morning to Brian, who also sent a Facebook message, is that in 1993, when the Big Ten added Penn State, the presidents added Penn State and then handed it to the athletic directors and said, okay, Penn State's joining the league, make it work. And the ADs were all like, ah, how are we going to make this work financially with our volleyball team from Iowa going to State College and all that stuff? So, again, way back when, 26 years ago, they didn't involve the ADs in a major decision that impacted the ADs. And here again, new commissioner, same mistake, didn't involve the ADs. And the other thing I'd like to know is, did Kevin Warren ever bring up on the call what he brought up the other day about getting guys out to vote? This will give us a chance to get guys out to vote. Because if it comes to light that his motivations in this were political, then that's really going to look bad for Kevin Warren. Well, I'm going to sneak you around can, you and turn our camera uh, on. So go ahead and you uh, can, give your you thoughts can, to that. You can Go ahead. You can give, get, get guys out to vote uh, even – uh, during the season, I think it's very possible, obviously, that uh, you can emphasize that. You can give them time off to make sure that they do have the opportunity to exercise their civil duty to vote. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but why that came up in a press conference, I have no idea. During a COVID press conference, it's beyond me to even understand what his motivation was. Well, I think it came up where he was doing one of his uh, kind of damage, damage yeah. control interviews and saying, oh, we, can get guys, we can get guys out to vote. Well, well, you can get guys out to vote. Give them the day off. doesn't have anything to do with the season off. I think that's up to each individual to whether he wants to exercise his right to vote or not. And you can certainly have a, a meeting about it and say the importance of voting and all that. Certainly we're going to – messaging across this country about voting as we should. Sure, and I, do, I believe it's everybody, every adult's duty. duty to vote. People died for your right to vote. And I get that. The other thing I'd be concerned with is um, that presidents did not involve 
the athletic directors for this reason. Why do you have an athletic director? Why don't you just be the athletic director? If you don't need an athletic director to handle the most crucial situation in Big Ten history, what's the point of having him? Why are you paying him? To just get just get somebody just get a minion that you pay maybe a quarter of his salary to make a schedule. It's not that difficult well, to make a schedule. And it would tell me the presidents are not in touch with a reality that Gordon Gee volunteered to me years ago. He said, "Look, more presidents are fired over athletics and hospitals than anything else. Presidents may not be comfortable with the elevated position and." Elevated position uh, in, in athletics. And inflamed passions that athletics inspire. But it nevertheless drives a large portion of their giving success on the on the sports Absolutely. fields. And it is enrollment good, and is good for university enrollment, good for university morale, good for your image nationally. It gives you the opportunity to call attention to all your other programs. So they may not like it, but it's the reality, and they are paid to deal with reality, not with the ideal world they may fantasize about. So I think that's really telling if none of them networked with their ADs or wanted to bring their ADs in or even asked how their ADs so, felt. Well, that's the thing, too. And I, You said you would ask a question. I would ask this question. What was the reason for not giving it as much time yeah. as you could have? Yeah, great I mean, question. Why... Are you so willing to cut your own throat? What what's the motivation behind cutting your own throat? Because there's only one idea that I can think of, and you just can't say health because all the me- the medical experts at these universities, as you said, were very comfortable with their protocols. Mm-hmm. They were very comfortable with the myocarditis thing. Every doctor that I've read, even the doctors that are concerned about it, every doctor that I've read said, of course, this has been around for years. And even doctors have said, we can actually save lives if we pay more attention to this and actually check guys' hearts, which that's been the case with Cameron Smith, the linebacker from the Minnesota Mm -hmm. Vikings, and this player that I read about this weekend. And, yes, they're going to be – people that are hurt by this that get COVID and are going to have after effects absolutely we already know that but do we stop everything that we're doing and not even give it a chance at least for goodness sakes see the in my opinion the SEC the ACC and the Big 12 have already won they've already won yeah because they're giving it a run they're giving it a go. Their players believe that their administration is giving them every chance. Yeah. Big Ten players and their don't fans believe that. Believe you can that. see the frustration. There's videos released over the weekend with Ohio State players quoted, notably Josh Myers, and they're very frustrated that they didn't get to make their own decision or have input I would in be livid. the decision. I'd be livid. Like, uh, I, I wouldn't even I would leave. I would actually now I know people might say that's a little bit drastic, but I know what my passion was to play. Yeah. And I'm not the only guy that had that incredible passion to get on the field i would leave if i were a coach at sec school or anywhere else i would sit there and and say they don't have your best interest as a player in mind they don't they absolutely don't well i'm they have a different agenda than we have here in and at auburn i believe that case is being made and will be made and pounded into submission on the recruiting track. I don't think that's going to hurt Ohio State that much because Ohio State still is getting some pretty yeah. good commitments, at, what, what, at least of what I've read. It looks like it. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're Julian Fleming, uh, G. Scott, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, uh, C.J. Stroud, yeah. any of these guys who enrolled early, 
you have to be going, man, if I'd going somewhere else, I'd be playing. I'd be playing. I'd be playing. I came here. I gave up my final few months in high school to come here and get ready to play, and they pull spring practice, and now they're pulling the season, and, and they, I'm not going to play football for and they cancel, a year and a half. Yeah, and they and yeah. so your growth as a player is going to be stunted. And the and they and they canceled without giving you a reason. Now Ohio State has a brand and, and certainly has the reputation, uh, not only the reputation but the results that that you know pulls out NFL players that develops and grows NFL players. That's the reputation of Ohio State. I promise you, and people get a little upset or sensitive when I say this. Every kid that comes here to play football. Is coming here thinking they're an NFL player. No doubt Every about single it. one of them. No now, reality will set in yeah. to a lot of them after two or three years in the program. Well, maybe I'm not going to make the NFL, right. but I got this great degree from the Ohio State University to fall back onto. But initially, the thought is, well, wait a second. What happens? Like, if I'm a recruit or if I'm a parent and, and somebody's coming in, a coach is coming into my house to recruit uh, my kid, at Ohio State or Michigan or wherever, any Big Ten school, I'm going to say to you, well, what happens when a, when another crisis hits? 